Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk Podcast. My name is Christopher Harris. I'm joined today by Kartik Krishnayar. For any listeners who have not had a chance to listen to this podcast in the past before, this is our weekly deep dive into the soccer media business. We talk about everything from uh, streaming to television production to uh, games that we look forward to watching on television and all of the latest news in terms of uh, your viewing options. Now, Kartik, it's been a very big week this past week for soccer news in regards to uh, viewing choices and viewing possibilities. So let's start off with that, though, too. Um, some big news coming this week uh, from The Athletic. And this uh, was a report by uh, Sam Skeskel, who reported that uh, Apple TV Plus is in the running for rights uh, to Major League Soccer. Uh, I went ahead on Thursday at uh, worldsoccertalk.com and wrote a story about why I think this actually is a very good move for both Major League Soccer and Apple TV+. Plus. Um, so check that out at worldsoccertalk.com for kind of my analysis there. But I wanted to get your take, Kartik, on this and, and whether you think this could be a good deal or a bad deal for both, for both Major League Soccer and Apple TV+. Plus. I think it would be a good deal for both. It would give Apple TV Plus some content and some maybe niche potential subscribers because they uh, uh, they they don't have much live content uh, now. They have Major League Baseball, but in terms of we know how soccer fans are. Soccer fans are more likely to subscribe to a streaming service than probably fans of other mainstream sports. Uh, secondly, I think for MLS it would be it would be a definite winner. I, I the more this thing goes on, I think MLS should look at at least on the English language side, I, I going full streaming. I don't know if they could make a deal with Apple TV Plus where Apple TV Plus gets all the English language rights and most of the Spanish language rights and they can carve out some national games for Univision, uh, for Univision or for, uh, or for Telemundo potentially. I, I do think there's a risk going all streaming on the Spanish language side as we've seen data that the Hispanic language uh, dominant audience isn't as um, – comfortable with streaming and cutting the cord just yet, although that might come, right? And that's something that uh, that broadcasters and media companies are expecting to happen. Uh, but for the English language dominant audience, I think MLS getting off of television and going full streaming, to me, makes perfect sense. And I, I've sort of made this case in the last few podcasts that I think a deal with Amazon, that's who I assumed it would be with, not with Apple. Uh, Amazon would make perfect sense. I don't think MLS 
is losing that much by losing what would it be? You know, this year they have 10 matches on ABC and 7 matches on Fox. So 17 matches on broadcast television, which are at random times, right? It's not like the uh, Champions League broadcasts on CBS or the uh, – um, the Premier League broadcasts on NBC, which are all at, uh, over the air, which are all at the same time, right? Uh, generally from week to week or whenever they take place in, in the case of Champions League. So um, I think that this makes sense. I think it would relieve some of the pressure on Major League Soccer in terms of television ratings. It would give um, MLS fans full access to all games, get rid of the territorial restrictions in terms of blackouts, etc., uh, because you don't have a regional television partner anymore. And it would give MLS a long-term cash infusion for media rights. I, I think it's a, I think it's a winner. I, I don't know. I know there are traditional people at Major League Soccer who may be hesitant and nervous about cutting ties with uh, with over-the-air um, or linear broadcast, whether it's over-the-air in the case of uh, ABC and Fox or linear linear cable in the case of ESPN and FS1. But I I think it's a it, it might be a lifesaver for them, to be perfectly honest. I do it. So I think this is a, a, a come to Jesus moment for Major League Soccer because, uh, like like you said, Kartik, in terms of MLS executives, they must be hesitant. They must feel a little bit conflicted because they know there's nothing better than seeing your league on on television on linear. I mean, it's, it's a comfortable feeling. It's it's a a wide audience. Um, there aren't a lot of obstacles to watching those games. And at the same time, too, when you have a game on ABC, you have a game on on Fox. It's a big deal. It's sometimes those games are prime time. Uh, it's great exposure. It's great reach. But the come to Jesus moment, I think, Kartik is is has to be some of the realization that. These games that have been on ABC and Fox and, and Univision, these over-the-air uh, networks, this has been happening for years. And those numbers are decent. They're, they're not good. They're not horrible. They're decent. But they don't seem to be really increasing that much. It, it, the, the number on the English language side, um, over-the-air, for the regular season, it, it, it hardly ever surpasses that 500,000 uh, viewership. So relatively speaking, in the, in the sports landscape, it's not a big number. So if MLS says, you know what, let's go with Apple TV. Let's, let's get that deal, uh, Apple, Apple TV Plus. Um, the opportunity for lots of riches. You mean, that, you mean Apple's got uh, 202, I think $203 billion in cash in, in reserves. So, you mean, infinite uh, amount of money. Um, that will help MLS in the short term. Long term, though, there, there is that question is about the reach. If your league is not on linear television, does it decrease in popularity? Is it, Do you lose the opportunity to gain new fans who might watch a World Cup and get interested in soccer and then want to watch uh, another soccer game so they find the league that, that's uh, on? And, and oftentimes, after a World Cup, I would argue that MLS is one of the most accessible leagues in terms of you know, I mean it's on national television it's on sometimes ESPN mostly or FS1 uh, for the average American sports fan it is a very familiar experience in terms of hey, hey I'll watch an MLS game uh, on a Saturday and Sunday and then they might dive into the Premier League and, uh, and then the Bundesliga and other things but what do you think Kartik is, is this is this long term would this impact MLS negatively 
Yeah, uh, Chris, I, I do think the World Cup bump is something to factor in, but we saw 2006, 2010, 2014, 2018, the bump, while there is not significant enough to really move the needle in terms of MLS, right, in terms of their numbers, in terms of a sustainable sustainable growth. Moreover, I think by the time we get to uh, 2026 in particular, which is the World Cup, obviously MLS has got to be most focused on because of location and because of time zone alignment, uh, not just location. But I, this is why I think, for example, uh, you posted something the other day about the 2014 number, um, World Cup final. And the reason why I don't think necessarily England, USA will uh, – I'll do that number is time zone alignment, right? Uh, that was a world Brazil world cup. And I think that has a lot to do with ratings versus, uh, things that are on central European or middle Eastern time in the case of Qatar, uh, or uh, South Africa had a similar time zone to, um, to central Europe. So uh, I think that by the time we get to 2026, the summer of 2026, you're going to have even more cord cutters. You're going to have Apple having aggressively moved into the TV space with Apple TV+. Plus. I don't think it will hurt them the way maybe some people think looking at this in early 2022 it would hurt them. I think by 2026, you're further along with streaming. You get that slight World Cup bump, which again is a slight bump. It hasn't been a game changer. Uh, although MLS did get helped, particularly by the 2010 World Cup. There was a little bit of an uptick in ratings from that World Cup, which, as I recall correctly, the U.S. did well in that World Cup, right? Won their group. So that might have had, contributed to it as well. Uh, and that World Cup was in South Africa, which was not a horrible time zone for the U.S., but wasn't a, wasn't a great one either. Um, but I still think the, the benefits outweigh the, the, the cons. You can, you can make a case, obviously, that MLS needs to stay on linear television, but I think a lot of that case is based on dated thoughts or thoughts that are um, that are made at this moment, which assume the situation remains static for the next six to eight years, which it won't. Yeah, I think that in many ways, if you look back in the last 10 years, MLS probably thought to themselves, we will have a moment in the next 10 years where we will blow up, we'll be huge, we'll be big. The reality is, is that MLS faces so much competition. They face competition on the soccer side from uh, better leagues, bigger leagues, more popular leagues worldwide. And it's almost impossible for Major League Soccer uh, to now surpass, say, the Premier League as one example, uh, or, or Liga MX. It's, it's practically impossible, the way that things are heading. At the same time, MLS faces competition that uh, the Premier League doesn't face, which is uh, games played in prime time in the evenings. And uh, Premier League I mean, have games because of the time difference on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning, oftentimes pretty early in the morning when there's really not, not a lot of competition. MLS faces competition from NFL college football, uh, NBA ba basketball, uh, Major League Baseball, NHL. So MLS is getting hit both sides with some serious competition. And I think the come to Jesus moment is like, should be a reality that MLS says, you know what? Yes, a World Cup bounce would be nice. But you I mean, how much of a bounce is it going to give us? And is it better actually short term and long term to go with Apple TV Plus? Because in many ways, you look at ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus was a trailblazer uh, in terms of when it launched and what it's done for, uh, even in terms of subscription growth, over like what over 20 million subscribers to ESPN Plus. It's been a runaway hit. 
And MLS was one of the, the first soccer leagues on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, you saw the Bundesliga, the Bundesliga doing a major deal with uh, ESPN+. Plus. You saw La Liga doing a major deal with ESPN+. Plus. And after, in many ways, MLS, while not getting credit for it, has been a trailblazer for a lot of that. And it could be a trailblazer for Apple TV+, Plus too, with uh, that streaming service getting into broadcasting, sports, and um, Major League Soccer potentially being the first soccer league to be on that uh, streaming service. However... There, there are a lot of issues with this, though, Kartik, because, you mean, imagine if you get into a bidding war, well, not much of a bidding war, but imagine you get ESPN and Apple TV Plus uh, trying to figure out in terms of what rights they want. And I would imagine that ESPN would still want a lot of those MLS games on ESPN Plus. Um, so that that that's some competitive there, too, where Apple TV Plus probably wants as much... Uh, of the games as possible um but what about what about production Kartik? if apple tv plus said hey we're all in we're going to get as many of the rights as possible for streaming and maybe some of the games on espn those will be on television because apple tv plus doesn't have access to a linear network so maybe there's a way to kind of split those and keep espn happy by having the tv game games and then apple tv plus with the streaming games but what about production? Because that, that was an issue that you brought up a couple of weeks ago about uh, who's going to produce these games. Well, MLS is going to have to produce them unless Apple, because they have such a reserve of cash, would be willing to pay for uh, the way I, I estimated it, talking to some professionals in, in, the, in the television production and television uh, uh, media buying business is that the production, given MLS will have 30 or 32 teams for most of this contract length. Uh, and you're looking at a 34-match regular season in addition to potentially some additional matches. The, the entire production costs for the league is probably upwards of, uh, of several hundred million um, during the course of the package. Now, uh, that, uh, that having been said, uh, if you could offset some of those costs... Uh, it, it, it would be it would be advantageous. Now, uh, also the length of the contract matters. I mean, that's assuming an eight year deal. If it, if this ends up being a four, let's say this is just a deal to get through the twenty twenty six World Cup, then those costs go down. But then MLS is again exposing itself potentially to expectations not being met and an open market after twenty twenty six. Um, one other point I want to make, going back to your earlier point about uh potentially carving out some matches to keep ESPN happy or, or Warner Media if they want to show matches on TNT, whoever. Again, the issue of time slots and lack of consistency of when MLS games are on those networks comes up, which is another reason why I think Warner Media might be safer uh, than ESPN. Look, MLS and MLS fans complain about this, but there's a reason. The ratings aren't good enough. Okay, there are not enough people watching and the growth has not met MLS's own internal uh, expectations and internal conversations with uh, ESPN in the past in terms of where the growth would be by 2022. But ESPN shows games in all sorts of random times. I wasn't even aware, Chris, until after the match, they had shown a match at 3 p.m. on Saturday. You must have watched it because it was an Inter-Miami match. Um, but I didn't even know about this till Sunday, that they had shown a match at 3 p.m. on a Saturday, uh, which uh, sometimes it's 4.30 p.m. on a Sunday. Sometimes it's uh, it's Sunday night. Sometimes it's Saturday. 
Saturday evening, sometimes it's Saturday mid-afternoon, and this is because whatever they have bracketing, that, that, that time slot generally gets better viewer numbers. So I don't think carving out 30 games a year for ESPN and taking it off of Apple TV+, Plus, which could be a one-stop shop for English language uh MLS coverage is a good idea. Now, if it's Warner Media and TNT is able to dedicate, or TBS, whoever, is able to dedicate a, a permanent time slot each week to the games, okay, maybe then we can have the conversation. I would still lean against doing it, but I, I don't think it's a good idea. If you go streaming on the English language side, go full streaming and uh, give MLS fans the access uh Unless you're going to make it such that uh, games that end up on ESPN are also available on Apple TV+, Plus, which I don't think ESPN will go for. So uh, I would just go Apple TV+. Plus. That's my inclination at this point. I think this could be a great break for MLS. They have been uh, up against it, as we've talked about for several weeks with this TV deal. This could, affect, in effect, rescue them. And whatever public relations mess they have to clean up for not being on linear television, I think can be cleaned up pretty quickly and efficiently versus... Versus the cons of just doing another deal with ESPN and not seeing appropriate growth and, and having sagging ratings and being in odd time slots. I think in many ways, though, too, this will actually be a good move for um, Univision. If Univision gets the Spanish language rights, I, I don't imagine that there's a lot of overlap between kind of the Spanish language audience and the Apple TV Plus audience. I can see both of those living in kind of their own separate uh, worlds, so to speak, where Apple TV subscribers, Apple TV Plus subscribers, you mean subscribe to getting the streaming rights to those games in English language. And then uh, Univision and Tudorene, etc., uh, would be broadcasting uh, the games in Spanish. So I think it's it's a it's a better fit in some ways. Uh, like ESPN, ESPN would want to have the Spanish language rights and the English language rights because there's ESPN Deportes, uh, and also knows that um, that audience probably is more split where there's a lot of people that, that want to watch uh, the games in Spanish language and they go to Univision. But I think for Apple TV Plus, this is a good move for them too because this is an opportunity to tiptoe into soccer. Uh, it's an opportunity to kind of test the waters and at this moment in time, this is the best thing going for them in terms of soccer rights that are available. They missed out on the Premier League. They missed out on La Liga. Uh, but this could be an opportunity for Apple TV Plus to start with MLS and then in a year from now, potentially, look at UEFA Champions League, getting into a bidding war with uh, Paramount+, Plus, and then long-term looking at some of the other rights that will become available and just growing that audience. Uh, it's a good test for them uh, to see how many people will subscribe to Apple TV+, Plus because of, um, because of MLS. And I think it's MLS in combination with many things. It's M MLS. Ted Lasso, it's The Morning Show, it's uh, Severance, it's all these different things, these, I mean, different movies, Coda, which won the, uh, the best pictures uh, in the Oscars. So it could be like that, that one thing that gets people to subscribe, to, to say like, hey, all right, now I'm going to subscribe to Apple TV Plus because it's got uh, all those things plus MLS. That's, 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 the, that's the goal. I think that's the goal for Apple TV Plus. I think they're in a good spot. Uh, it's a good leaked test uh, to see, you mean, in terms of streaming these games. Uh, I, I think it's a win-win. 
Um, but like you said, Kartik, I think MLS executives, especially old school MLS exec- executives, some of the NFL owners that have been with the league for so many years will feel hesitant because in many ways, I think they would feel like, hey, we need to be on Fox. We need to be on ESPN. We need to be on ABC because there's kind of a, a comfort level there. And this would be a risk. This would be a massive risk because MLS potentially could be off off the radar screens. Soccer fans could say, like, hey, I'm, I'm tuning into Fox and ESPN. I'm looking for this uh, MLS game and it's not on any of these channels. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to watch the Premier League or I'm going to watch Liga Max. Or I'm going to watch uh, the Bundesliga or La Liga because I have ESPN Plus. This is a brand new game, a brand new streaming service. Well, relatively speaking, but for, for, for soccer, this is a brand new streaming service. Um, but still, but, I, but it's, it, it's good. But is it? Because I, it seems like everyone has watched Ted Lasso. So <laughs> yeah. they're not thinking about it as a soccer streaming service or a baseball streaming service, which they just started this past week. But clearly people have it. I mean, most people I talk to, and again, this is very anecdotal. Most people that I talk to have it. You don't have an iPhone, so you may be in a different boat. But they got it uh, as an add-on or got it thrown in when they bought a new iPhone. They got it free for six months or a year or something and just kept kept going with it after that so i think uh apple and this this goes back to the whole antitrust suit against microsoft in the 1990s and something i personally object to uh as a kind of a uh uh, from a from an economics perspective but apple has used their um their advantage in selling tablets and phones to kind of rope people into subscribing to this streaming service in a way Microsoft did with their web browser, which was uh, very illegal, and, and the Justice Department sued uh, accordingly because of it. But um, I think more people have Apple TV Plus than we realize because of that. Well, yeah, for me personally, Kartik, I have Apple TV Plus. Well, I, I had Apple TV Plus because I bought a Apple TV device. You mean the the hockey park, and I think I think with that I got a free year or free six months or something like, like that of Apple TV Plus, and then uh, I think actually once that was over, I decided not to renew because I'm like, okay, I've watched all the shows I wanted to watch. There's nothing really there for me now. This would change things. You mean starting in 2023 if this deal is signed, um, then I'm like, okay, in order to watch MLS games, I need Apple TV Plus. Um, and and I'm sure that's part of the thinking behind Apple TV Plus One too. One thing I have to say about Apple TV is they don't do a very good job of advertising all the programming they have. Because I have, like you, the the the, the hockey puck uh, a box. I have uh, three iOS devices, right? I have an iPad, I have uh, iPhones, I have an iPod. So I have three different um, uh, Apple TV uh, Apple devices, iOS devices. And I have to dig even on the Apple TV Plus to see the stuff that they have, right? I mean, I, I, I Ted Lasso is out, is, is pushed in your face, and so is the morning show, the, uh, the, the, the show they have with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. But other than that, they don't advertise what they have on there, and the Tom Hanks movies that they've done. They don't advertise the stuff they produce or that they're airing very well. And I've had to dig to find things, and there's there's some compelling content. It doesn't have as much as a Netflix or a, or an HBO Max, obviously, but there is some good stuff on there, but they don't advertise it well, I have to say. Yeah, Apple's definitely not... I mean, in terms of the, the iPhone, I think they're the masses of advertising, but Apple TV Plus uh, up till now has still been, you mean, not a 
successful streaming service. It's one of those other ones. It, 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 for most most of our listeners, it's it's the Ted Lasso uh, streaming service. But beyond that, and this, there is some good content on there. Some good some good shows, some good movies. But they've done a poor job of advertising that. So I think a lot of it too. A lot of it's MLS. MLS. If they sign this deal, uh, MLS has to do a ton of work because there's a whole bunch of different uh, issues here. Because <clears throat> most people think that Apple TV Plus, you have to have an Apple device, you have to have a, a, an iPhone uh, or an Apple TV, uh, uh, even streaming uh, box. You don't. You can have a PC. You can have. An Android, you can have whatever it is. You can still subscribe to Apple TV Plus and watch those on different devices and and, and different platforms. Um, and even just the, just the naming, kind of, we're stumbling over Apple TV Plus and then Apple TV. Well, Apple TV is a hardware device uh, to stream you know, all sorts of content on it, uh, including Apple TV Plus if you want to. Uh, you know I mean, so there's a lot lot of education here, I think, involved in trying to. If MLS goes this route, they've got a lot of work to do to actually kind of educate the consumer to get them ready for 2023, so that everybody knows. Okay, this is how it works. It's usually five bucks a month, um, and that price may increase over time. But I mean, Apple Apple has a lot of funds available. Maybe they'll keep that five dollar a month rate for for, for longer, uh, in order to lose money in the beginning, in the hopes that they will win the streaming wars in in the end. Speaking of streaming wars, Kartik, uh, this past week uh, Discovery has closed the acquisition of uh, Warner Media. So Warner Brothers Discovery is a thing now, and uh, starting this week, they're, they're starting to kick off and start kind of that, that uh, those plans. Now, what those plans will be will be a new streaming service, <laughs> just what we need. But th- there's a huge, enormous amount of content uh, from both the Discovery side and then from the, the Warner Brothers side that they can put together. And then sports is going to be right there too, because you know we know that uh, uh, Turner Warner Media um, acquired the rights to the U.S. men and U.S. women starting next year. And then there's the opportunity if they want to. I mean, MLS is right there too. They could go go for MLS. We know we know they're interested. Um, yeah. So so timing wise, MLS delaying this rights deal because originally uh, Don Garber had said that he hoped to have it finalized by the end of March. We're now in middle of April. Um, timing wise, this may end up working out okay for MLS in, in, in hindsight. The other piece of news, Kartik, this week too, is that uh, well, actually a, c- a couple of pieces of news. First of all, um, Fox and uh, Telemundo announced their coverage plans for the World Cup in 2022 and, and uh, announced the scheduling. So we have all of the schedules at worldsoccertalk.com, including the, the news from Fox and the news from Telemundo, as well as an interview with uh, Ray Warren, who's the president of Tele- Telemundo Deportes. Um, the big thing for me coming out of this is that Telemundo came out and said, okay, we will have commentators in the stadium at every single game. Fox has yet to make any announcements in regards to that. So I would imagine, uh, because they're not announcing it right away, that there's a possibility that uh, not all of their announcers will be in stadium. Some of them may, may be calling the games off a monitor uh, in Los Angeles. And then the other big news this week, too, is FIFA Plus, another streaming service, Kartik. Yeah. <laughs> What's your take on this one? 
Yeah, I guess uh, I got I was uh, I was caught off guard by the by the number of people who responded when I I posted it the other day whatever morning they announced it I woke up to the press release actually um, I I think it's it's really interesting because for those of us who like classic games we're gonna have access to everything uh, via FIFA Plus and, and want to watch old World Cup matches or other old matches uh, but otherwise it seems like a leftover service for a lot of women's and men's uh, matches and leagues that are not on um, not on streaming services or, or broadcast television otherwise. So I don't know how many people will find utility in it, but what it does do, I think from a broader broadcast perspective, Chris, is it takes a lot of properties that potentially could have been uh, on the table, off the table, at least temporarily, and they're on this FIFA Plus server. Yeah, I think part of this, though, too, is that uh, so FIFA Plus promises 40,000 games a year, which sounds amazing. You mean, so whether it's in Gadget or Variety or any of these kind of uh, ad week announcing with a headline, 40,000 games uh, a year coming to FIFA Plus. and, and I'm sure they're imagining that soccer fans will be just going crazy, right? This is amazing, forty thousand. Well, sometimes quantity doesn't uh, uh, is not better than quality. And looking closer at this too, and again too, we have the story at WorldSoccerTalk.com on the homepage that goes into more, a lot more detail about uh, some of the games and some of the leagues that you'll see on here. But just as one example, it has the Latvian league. Now, there's not a lot of demand for the Latvian League, but if you want to watch the Latvian League, you can watch some of those games through FIFA Plus. And I think that that's the thing about this, too, is that in the past, if FIFA did show some games, oftentimes it'd be on YouTube. And YouTube's taking part of that revenue, you mean put it in their, in their pocket. This is a way for FIFA Plus to can really kind of control that a little bit more and have people come into their site if they wanted to to have sponsors, advertisers, and, and make more money that way. But but yeah, Kartik, you hit you hit the, the nail on the on the head. It, it is a place to go to where it's leagues or competitions that are not getting much. Uh, no one's picking up the rights to watch to actually broadcast those games through streaming or television. And here's an opportunity to FIFA to say, hey, don't worry about it. We'll put these games on, on our service and, and that'll open it up for more people to, to access it. Yeah, it looks like there are going to be a lot of women's games on there, which I think is a positive thing because uh, particularly here in the U.S. where we are so uh, focused on the women's game, we don't see a lot of women's football uh outside of NWSL, which is why I think active football was so important uh, to get us access to some of the leagues in Europe, uh, particularly the WSL. Uh, that will go to CBS Sports Network uh, next season. Uh, so it'll be on, uh, although obviously NBC showed some games, they even showed a game on over the air. Uh, now other women's leagues will be part of FIFA Plus. Should mention it will be free. And if it is more organized than finding random streams on YouTube, I'm all for it as much as I object to FIFA ethically and other word uh, in other ways this is something positive they and their sponsors could do for the sports so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, h- how the platform is and whether it's easy to navigate and if it is then I think it's a positive yeah it feels like from the beginning it feels again like more of a, a my Cujo and 11 sports where it's just opening up yeah. and providing access to more games from around the world that oftentimes people would not be able to find or it's just making it easier for them for people to find those games um but yeah it's uh, it's free so you, you can't you can't you can't beat that 
All right, Kartik, uh In terms of this weekend, <laughs> it's been a, it's been. A, I mean, I mean, last weekend's Manchester City Liverpool game. Uh, Ian, to me, it doesn't get any better than that. But um, coming up this weekend, wh- what's your game to watch? What's the game that you think that could surpass that? Well, I would add that uh, most year seasons that would be. The, the best game, and I would agree with you. I don't agree with you because I think the first Liverpool-Manchester City match was better. I think the Liverpool-Spurs match was better. I think the uh, Chelsea, the second Chelsea-Liverpool match was better. So that's how good the Premier League has been this year. Whenever these top six teams meet, when Manchester, uh, let's exclude Manchester United, whenever the top five teams meet in the league, it seems like more often than not, they're classic matches, which is not the way it was in past seasons, and not the way other leagues have been going recently so um uh, unbelievable just how good the top five in the premier league when they match I up think, with one another i think is. i think i think part of it honestly and i say this honestly is having jose Mourinho not in the league actually helps things because the, there's been so many games in the past before where it was like the manchester derby oh my goodness that's a great point Actually, you know what, Chris? You just hit it because I'm thinking back to Chelsea Man United games in the mid 2000s and Chelsea Arsenal games and how those matches were ruined. Uh, and I didn't think about the common denominator, which was Marie. Yeah, because the, hi- yeah, the, the hype was there. The hype was like going into those games, it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be absolutely incredible. And Jose would park the bus or just in terms of just a really kind of uh, constrained tactics, you mean, in terms of not opening it up much. And, and what you saw with the Man City Liverpool game was just, uh, I mean, all out attack from the very beginning. Two sides, I mean, yes, defensively too, but, but still, all, both of them going for it. And even Spurs Liverpool this season versus last season. Last season, it ended up being a really close match and won at the end by Firmino, but it was Mourinho parking the bus and playing defensively and on the counter. This season, the Conte Spurs versus Liverpool, to me, has been one of the best matches of the season. I would actually rate it higher than this past week's Liverpool-Man City uh, because uh, Conte, uh, contrary to the reputation he has among some people, and I don't, I think those people don't watch Conte very closely, his teams, that was a, a, a match where... Spurs had a clear plan to attack. It wasn't just on the counter. It was specific things he had highlighted that were mismatches versus Liverpool's fullbacks and uh, created this just incredible match with the same two teams that last year had thrown up a stinker because of Mourinho. So great point. All right, so my game to watch this weekend, Kartik. Oh, sorry, I didn't get my, I didn't get my game to watch, which is Palace and uh, Chelsea, because part of the, uh, in the FA Cup, 11.30 ESPN Plus on Sunday, 11.30 Eastern, one of the things that isn't getting enough attention in the Premier League is how good Crystal Palace are to watch with a team that was largely rebuilt, a team that was aging and had a lot of guys out of contract under Roy Hodgson. Uh, Patrick Vieira comes in late, right? They had uh, had a, 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 an attempt to get Lucien Favre uh, to manage, to coach, and, and he turned them down. I think he accepted the job and then backed out a day later. A couple of other uh, guys they went through. Vieira has rebuilt this side into an attractive uh, uh, team. Uh, granted, one of their key guys is on loan from Chelsea, Connor Gallagher. But uh, they have a lot of kind of Guardiola field DNA in them. To be honest with you, they play a very attractive style of football. Coming up against Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea, who have been uh, um, playing very good football, 
I think we're really unlucky in the Champions League. So I, I, that's my match to watch. Yeah, and, and predictably, my match to watch this weekend is Man City against Liverpool. FA Cup semi-final, the other semi-final. This is on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I don't have the kickoff time in front of me. I think it's probably 12.30 Eastern time. But uh, if this can be half as good as uh, last Sunday's game, we're in for a treat. And... Uh, and both, uh, I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool uh, with a chance here too with the FA Cup. Uh, Klopp has never won an FA Cup uh, with Liverpool. Guardiola's won just once. Guardiola has lost three times. So my big bugaboo about Pep at City, uh, I think he's brilliant. But the one thing that really bothers me is the the underperformances in FA Cup. So three semifinal losses under Pep in the FA Cup. Just one trip to the final. City did win that time. But uh, to me, that's historic underperformance considering how dominant City have been in the league and in the other domestic cup competition during that period. So as a City fan, this game is much more important to me, honestly, than anything in Champions League. And maybe as important as the league. I mean, that I could go back and forth on. But I'm, I'm... insanely frustrated by City's failures in this competition. And I'm sure Liverpool fans, who are historic Liverpool fans who value the FA Cup, are feeling the same way. Chris, this is a stat I'm going to throw out. Arsenal have won the FA Cup four times in the last nine seasons. Uh, In that period, one win for City, zero wins for Liverpool. The two clubs we think of as dominating domestic football uh, have been trumped by Arsenal in this competition by a pretty wide margin. Unbelievable when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in City and Liverpool, of course, going for the Champions League, going for the FA Cup, going for the Premier League title. Uh, it, this is just, uh, I don't know. To me, it's one of the. It's been one of the best Premier League seasons in a long time. Even the relegation battle too is uh, really anxious very very stressful and I, I i don't even support any of those teams so i can I just imagine what it must, must feel like for uh, for others so lastly just before we go we've got, we do have um list of mailbag and most of these we'll read out on air next week i'm trying to do a shorter uh edition this week but uh we did get one letter well, actually we've got several letters we've got several uh letters but uh we only have time to read one uh today we'll read the next uh next week and this is from somebody within the industry anonymously uh talking about um the topic of fox sports and potentially um make maybe actually uh being sold in the future um so uh anonymous says when disney bought fox they acquired all of the international channels all over the world and also the regional sports channels in the u.s but all these channels had to be sold off or closed down when fox bought the nfl rights back in 1996 beating out cbs many of the the tv channels were not owned and operated by cbs and became fox channels so if Fox Sports sells the rights to the NFL and Major League Baseball, those Fox stations could want to leave Fox as it would no longer have those rights. But where would they go? If if Disney bought those rights, those broadcast stations couldn't become ABC stations. So it looks like if Fox Sports is, is on the block to be sold, the best purchaser would be a streaming service such as Apple TV Plus or Amazon. If that were to happen, the local Fox broadcast channels would still take a serious financial hit. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. I had completely forgotten that did happen in the 1990s. So basically, for those of you who are younger or didn't follow the media then, and I was in college at the time, but I was already in into, into media stuff. I was working at the campus uh, radio station at the University of Florida. Um, what happened was... 
Fox's affiliates were largely like these old UHF stations, right? They'd be channel 40 or channel 28 or cha you know, the, the, these, these throwaway low, low wattage stations that didn't have very much of a signal. Uh, they were not a legitimate fourth network. And when they acquired the NFL rights and CBS lost it for, for several years, there were a number of CBS affiliates not owned by the network that switched. So then Fox ended up having channel sixes and channel eights and channel twelves. Uh, around uh, around the country, and it really kind of realigned uh, some of the broadcast uh, over the air channels. Now, uh, 30, 30 some odd years later, or thirty years later, I guess we are now uh, in in a new world with the internet and streaming. It may not matter as much, but that is a very very good point, and I had forgotten about that. That's really what established the Fox Network was. The knock-on effect from getting NFL rights allowed them to get affiliate channels in, in, in major markets that were uh, lower on the dial at the time. Um, the other point is about them selling everything outside of, uh, outside of the United States and UK uh, and Australia to, to Disney. A, a number of those channels have been closed down. Some of them have been repurposed. Uh, but Disney then inherited the inventory of rights that Fox had acquired. So uh, one thing I have heard also, Chris, about this is that ESPN and Disney actually didn't have enough broadcast talent in some places to uh, properly air all of those rights and to produce it properly. And they, they've gone with world feeds and things like that. So uh, and then some channels have been closed down. Some channels have been maintained. They've been rebranded or whatever. Uh, and we've even seen them be kind of clunky with this. So Hot Star, which I know we talked about uh, a few months ago, right, on the, on the podcast and the listener mailbag, uh, which has now been folded into ESPN Plus and, and Hulu, uh, that sat for several years as a property that Fox had really established in the Indian market. Um, and Disney acquired it with the asset purchase, and it took them three years to figure out what to do with it and, and, to, and to repurpose it. So that's kind of the other uh, part of this. Would Disney be actually able to, um, to acquire these assets and um, and optimize them quickly? And the answer is probably no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, great feedback and then great analysis there by Kartik. Uh, so listeners, if you've got something you want to ask us, uh, we'd love to read your comments out on air. You can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can always post your comments on the uh, uh, the podcast uh, uh, stream or kind of the, the feed uh, at worldsoccertalk.com. So in closing, uh, a big weekend to look forward to, some big matches, and uh, also it will be very interesting to see what happens with Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, from what I understand, uh, MLS uh, is meeting today, Thursday, to discuss uh, the TV opportunities and streaming opportunities. So I'm sure that will be a topic of conversation. And uh, heading into another weekend, Kartik, uh, what should the listeners do and what are you going to do? Enjoy your football. <laughs>